0: Hello and welcome to The Inner Life here on this Wednesday, November 17th, and I'm Josh Raymond. So glad to have you as part of this program, our program about spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. So have you walked past any of those small red kettles yet? The ones with the person ringing the bell right outside of your local grocery store, or when you go into a department store, or maybe there in the mall those little red buckets, the Salvation Army red kettles. There's something that we all recognize this time of year, and I just saw my first one last Friday when I happened to make a quick run over to a grocery store in my neighborhood. So maybe you've seen those, maybe they haven't quite popped up yet for you, but the very first Salvation Army kettle was used all the way back in 1891. Joseph McPhee. He was a captain with the Salvation Army, and he lived and he worked in the San Francisco Bay Area. And toward the end of that year, 1891, as the days were growing shorter, the nights were getting colder, Joseph, he was troubled by how many people in the Bay Area he saw going without food. So he decided he wanted to organize a free Christmas dinner for anyone who needed a warm meal. And of course, the biggest obstacle that Joseph faced it was finding the funding for this free dinner that he wanted to offer for the, the poor in their community. And so he found himself lying awake night after night, and he was worrying, and he was thinking, and he was praying about how he could find the money that he would need to feed over a thousand people that were living in poverty there. And so Christmas Day, fast approaching, he recalled that many years earlier, This was back when he was working as a sailor and he was in Liverpool, England. He remembered how at a place called Stage Landing where the boats came in, there was a large iron kettle and it was called Simpson's pot. And anyone passing that kettle, they would toss in a coin or two and it was all designated to help the poor. So Joseph, he thought that this same approach might work there in San Francisco. And the next day, Joseph went out to the Oakland Ferry Landing at the foot of Market Street, and he placed a pot there with a sign asking for donations to help the hungry. And sure enough, coin after coin was dropped in, enough coins that they added up to the amount that would ensure that all the needy people there in San Francisco were going to be properly fed that Christmas. Now, six years later, the idea of using a kettle for donations, they decided to try that in the Boston area. And that year, the combined efforts nationwide, it resulted in 150,000 Christmas dinners for hungry families and individuals. And so those red kettles, they began to be used in communities all throughout the country. And today here in the U.S., the Salvation Army, they assist more than 4.5 million people around the holidays of Thanksgiving and Christmas. And those red kettles, they're now one of those recognized icons that are associated with the holidays, with helping to feed the hungry. And Joseph McPhee, he started with that one small kettle there in San Francisco, in the Bay Area. He started what has become a tradition for most of us. You know, we're so familiar with that image. And those same red kettles, not only seen here in the U.S., they're seen in countries around the globe, Encouraging all of us to donate a little something, the coins, the pocket change that we might have to help those who have less than we do. And of course, it's a wonderful thing to help those in need around the holidays. But for somebody living in poverty, they're not only hungry around the holidays, around Thanksgiving and Christmas. People need our help all throughout the year. And today we want to discuss how our faith calls us to help those in need, not just around the holidays, but All the time in our lives. Giving a contribution, it's good. It's something we all should do. But God might be asking you to do something more directly in your community. Today we're going to talk about the corporal works of mercy and how when we see someone in need... When we help them, we're really helping Jesus. And joining us as our spiritual director for the hour. Father Chris Walsh is back with us once again. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, and he's the pastor of St. Raymond of Penafort Catholic Church there in the Philadelphia area. Father, I was so glad to have you back here on the program once again with us as we look at the corporal works of mercy today.
2: Thank you so much. So good to be with you on this wonderfully important topic as we enter into uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas season. And I absolutely love hearing the bell ringing of the Salvation Army, calling us all to charity. Yep. <laughs> yep, yeah.
0: yeah, it, it is. It's. it's uh, like I say, I, I don't know if there's an American that is unfamiliar with that. Um, but I mentioned that when we help someone in need, Jesus has told us that we, when we help them, we're actually helping him. And we hear this when Jesus tells the parable of the sheep and the goats, and that's found in the 25th chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel. And there's, I mean, there's a lot that we can unpack from this, Father. But maybe one of the first things that might be good to talk about is the fact that the people who are the sheep, at the end, they go off into the kingdom of heaven the people who he Jesus refers to as the goats they go off into eternal punishment separation from god and the main difference between those groups is that one group helped people in need and the other group didn't help people in need and i don't want to isolate this scripture and say this is this is you know everything we need to know i don't want to take it a, a apart from you know the rest of scripture the rest of church teaching but there's a really strong message that we're hearing from jesus when he's calling us to help those who are in need here?
2: My my mind goes back when you were reading the gospel to uh, a number of years ago, my first parish assignment, and and we were doing RCIA. And there was a a nice curriculum of the topics we would cover each week. And and it was sometime in the spring, shortly before the sacraments would be received, and the topic on the syllabus was, uh, the end is near, with a colon, there will be a test. And I walked into RCA that night and we were teaching on the corporal works of mercy. And there were two women, there were younger women who were friends who were going through RCA together. And they were going through all the notes and all the handouts we've given throughout the semester. And I said, Hey ladies, how are you? And the one said, Well, I'm a little nervous. It's been a while since I took a test. And I said, What do you mean? Like, well on the syllabus it says there's a test tonight <laughs> And I said, Oh I said, No, we're not giving a test. It means that at the end of your life, there's going to be a test. And that Jesus is going to ask you, Did you serve the poor? Well the two ladies looked relieved and then by the end of the night when we had gone through the corporate works we you like I think we would have taken the test, you know. That, 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 you know sometimes <laughs> we worry some right. you know, rightfully about salvation. You know, am I going to be saved? Well, Jesus gives us the questions. That we're going to be asked, did you give food to the hungry? Did you welcome the stranger? Did you, you know, visit the imprisoned, right? We don't have to guess as to what we're going to be judged on, you know. And so some of the people will say, well, why go to Mass? He doesn't ask about that. Well, the reason I go to Mass is to be strengthened so that I can be the person of mercy that I'm called to be, that, that my salvation is based on this. Not that we're saved by our works, but I have to have a faith, as James says, that is lived out in works. And the church has beautifully put together these corporal works of mercy to guide us on what it is that we're supposed to be doing so that we don't get vague. Because let's be honest, we would all say, okay, well, yeah, I, I help my kids or I help the neighbor or I cut someone's lawn. Okay, what about these things? Because these are what Jesus said were the priority.
0: Well, and maybe you can walk us through that then. Can, uh, you know, as we're talking about the corporal works of mercy, just so we do know exactly what we're talking about, uh, can you walk us through the list that the Church has given us?
2: Exactly. So, again, we've got to remember, and many of us probably uh, remember these as as kids. There were the corporal works of mercy and then the spiritual works of mercy, which may be for another topic, but the, the corporal works of mercy, to feed the hungry, to give drink to the thirsty, to clothe the naked, to shelter the homeless to visit the sick to visit the imprisoned and one that i don't think any of us ever thought about but now is becoming so important bury the dead you know to bury the dead to be present especially when a catholic dies and their children are no longer practicing the faith uh, to to be sure that they're they're given the, the, the dignified burial that they deserve
0: well and so i'd like to go through you know these in a more individual fashion and we can talk about them but before we get too far away from saint matthew's gospel there um the 25th chapter that we were talking about in that passage you know did you feed the hungry did you give drink to the thirsty did you visit the sick the imprisoned jesus continually he identifies himself as the one who is or is not being cared for by the actions of those he's talking to there, the sheep or the goats. And, you know, we then need to put ourselves in that place. Is Jesus going to say, you didn't feed me or you did feed me? Can you talk about, just give us maybe some perspective on when we are helping someone in need. We're really ministering to Jesus himself. Yeah.
2: Uh, you know, A few weeks ago, we celebrated the feast of St. Martin of Tours. Uh, November the 11th, which is Veterans Day. And, uh, you know, Martin had that experience where he, he came across a beggar. Uh, he was a Roman centurion. He took his beautiful red cape and he cut it in half. And, and he gave half of it to, to the beggar. And then, you know, he wore half of it. And, and the cape for the soldier was also a blanket at night, a protection from the elements. It was, it was, it was many, many things besides the dignity of his office. Well, that night he had the dream. And, and Martin was in the midst of a conversion experience himself. But in the dream, Jesus appears wearing the cape that Martin had given to the beggar. You know again it's not just Mother Teresa who has the experience of seeing Christ in the poor and the suffering so many of the saints throughout our history right that that's the grace for the Christian to see the face of Christ in the other and so matthew twenty five reminds us that you know well Lord, when did i when did I see you hungry? when did I see you thirsty and either help you or not help you well whenever you did it for the least of my sisters and brothers, you know so whether that's our speaking up for the unborn are helping to welcome refugees, the clothing drive that we organize, um, you know, visiting the, the, the nursing homes and, and perhaps literally feeding someone, you know, maybe giving relief to, to a mom with kids whose husband's not able to be with them. Whatever it is, these, these very practical things. And, and we have a challenge here at St. Raymond's that we've been doing now for you know, probably a few months, uh, which is to give two hours a week to service outside of your family. And it's been interesting to hear so many people say, you know, if you didn't add the outside of your family, (laughs) I'd probably be able to say I did it. And people would say, you know, I would have assumed that I was doing things, but I'm doing it once a year, you know, on occasion, you know, when I get when I get pushed into it. But again, we need to stretch ourselves just as we do to get to mass, just as we do to get to confession, just as we do for quiet time in prayer, just as we do to find time with our spouses and and kids to, to, to encounter the poor to encounter those who are in need, because it humbles us as well. It's not just the act of charity, but it humbles us and makes us more vulnerable and, again, to strive to see the face of Jesus. Mother Teresa famously once said, to love one another is, is a very beautiful thing until you meet the other. Sometimes, right? It could, <laughs> yeah, be, it could right. be quite a challenge. And, and, and she and her sisters use the actual words, to find Jesus in the distressing disguise of the poor. Right? It's nice if the poor say thank you. It's nice if they're all cleaned up before they come. It's, it's nice if they like what you gave them just from the thing. But that's not always the case. right? Some of the people that we're serving don't actually want to be served. And yet we do it anyway. It humbles us and we do it also out of obedience because Christ told us to.
0: Well, and as you're talking about Mother Teresa, I think of, uh, you know, what has been called her five-finger gospel, and it goes back to this passage out of St. Matthew's gospel, uh, a different word for each finger on your hand, you did it to me, and by living out those five words, um, Mother Teresa, she impacted so many lives. You also mentioned, you know, uh, doing things out of charity. And we talk about charitable giving, charitable contributions. But maybe can you spend just a moment and talk to us about that word itself? Because it it comes from a type of love. And so rather than us just associating charity with being generous or helping someone, can you talk about this really is us loving someone
2: else? Yeah. So, you know, to, to love another person... Um, you know, although Le Mis says is to see the face of God, you know, which is certainly there. But to love another person is to will what is best for them, right? And, and charity or caritas, you know, is, is specifically a Christian term in which we have love for, for all of humanity, right? It, it, it's different than perhaps eros, right, which is a, a love that's shared between a wife and her husband, a husband and a wife. Um, and phileos, which is amongst our family members, you know, in a, excuse me, in a specific, uh, intentional, but but exclusive relationship, caritas is what we're expected to have towards everyone. Um, the willing of the good for all people, which means I don't get to pick who I'm charitable to. You know, of course, we all want to be charitable to the people who who we like, the people who we're comfortable with. But but this is the command to to go to the other, to go out to the other, and and to really generate within us. a a desire to love all of humanity because god does right we 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 like to think that god plays favorites and certainly god does have his chosen people amongst israel but that was just to prepare so that god could start somewhere but but move towards the loving of all of humanity and the fullness of the church we as a church are called to love everyone and that's what caritas calls us to charity calls us to
0: Our spiritual director here on The Inner Life today is Father Chris Walsh. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. Today we're talking about the corporal works of mercy, feeding those who are hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, uh, giving alms to the poor, visiting the sick, visiting those in prison, burying the dead. Those things that we do to show the love of Christ to others and that we do for Christ himself that we see the face of Jesus there in those who are in need? And what are some of the ways that you help those in need in your community? And how has helping others changed you? How has it allowed you to grow closer to Christ? How has it allowed you to experience the love and the mercy that God extends to you by extending that to others? And our studio line, eight eight eight-nine one four-nine one four nine, triple eight nine one four-nine one four nine. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com, and we'll continue our conversation with Father Chris Walsh in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester.
1: Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1 914 9149. That's 1 914 9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to The Inner Life today, and I'm Josh Raymond, our Spiritual Director. Father Chris Walsh, a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, the pastor of St. Raymond of Penafort Catholic Church in Philly, and today talking about the corporal works of mercy. And what are the works that you do to help those in need in your community? Uh, how has God called you to minister to himself through those who are in need? maybe living in poverty, maybe somebody who's sick, how has it allowed you to grow closer to Christ, to see the face of Christ in those in need? Our studio line, 888-914-9149. And uh, Father, we were talking about Mother Teresa um, right before the break, and it might be easy to look at someone like St. Mother Teresa and say, well, you know, that was her calling. She could devote her entire life to helping the sick, to helping the poor. But I have my family that I need to take care of, I have responsibilities, I have a mortgage or rent, I have bills, I have all these other obligations. And you had made the the comment that at your church you have the challenge to help outside of your family. But I think it's very easy for us to say, okay, I'm so busy with all of these things and yeah, that financial contribution once a year or helping once a year, when it comes to the holiday time, can you talk about the importance maybe of getting more directly involved in your community to help those in need? And again, I'm not trying to say that there's anything wrong with making a donation that's needed. There are all kinds of ministries and apostolates and, and you know, uh, great works that are being done and they need financial support, but it shouldn't just stop at a donation.
2: Right. And And again, we have so many people in our church who are doing such beautiful things. And, and again, I think you see this at many organizations. The Knights of Columbus raise tremendous amounts of money, but they also do hours of service. Um, you know, some of the, the, the Knights of the Holy Sepulcher and the Knights of Malta. You know, again, these organizations within the church, um, certainly many of the newer lay apostolates, C.N.L. And, and and the others, the, this type of you know contact with the poor seems to be embedded in them. As well, as it should be in, in every parish that it's not just for the people involved with St. Vincent Paul Society to get to know the poor, but all of us in some capacity. Of course, we're busy. We're all busy. And so again, what what's the priority, right? Again, I, I have to give time for mass. <laughs> Could I also give time for, for, for service, because the, the the two are important. Now, at our parish, you know, we've said two hours a week is the goal. That's the goal. So start with two hours a month and then do two and a half hours and then three hours, right, as you, as, you, as you come up with the time. And certainly there are people who are just overwhelmed with family burdens with their taking care of an elderly parent or they've got a special needs child and resources aren't there. I get it. I get it. And we're not trying to make people feel guilty, but I'm talking about the people who are spending, you know, who can give me a list of every Netflix series that they've binge watched <laughs> right, in the course exactly. of a week. Right uh, Don't yeah. tell me you're too busy when I see that you're updating your Facebook or your Instagram every six minutes, right? What is the priority? What is the priority? And that's the thing with everything, whether it's taking care of our our, our physical health or our spiritual health, or our intellectual well-being, do we make the time? And again, this is not Father Chris Walsh's standard. This is not relevant radio standard. This is what Jesus Christ himself has said, and what we see lived out in the lives of the saints throughout history. Right. We can get all excited about someone like, uh, you know, Pier Giorgio Frassati. Right. Oh, here's this young man who, despite obstacles, you know, came to know the Lord and had this beautiful life of prayer and was in contact with the poor. (laughs) You know, um, know, John Paul II, right, even as Pope made it a priority Right That the poor would be cared for at the Vatican, this wasn't something new just with Pope Francis. You know John Paul was doing this as well, and, and whenever he traveled you know, on his visits, you know made time to meet the local poor, that's why these pictures of him as apostolic missions, right, um, trying to give us all as an example of, of what this means to be an authentic Christian. <laughs>
0: Our spiritual director again, Father Chris Walsh, in our studio line to join the program, 888-914-9149. As we're talking about the corporal works of mercy, how we help those in need in our community, and how have you done that? How has God called you to help those in need that you have there in your immediate community, your uh, circle of influence? And was it difficult at first Was it something that really uh, you found to be maybe frightening, a bit scary to start? And how did God work through that to where you were able to see, you know, it's God working through me, allowing me to help those people that are in need? And by God... Calling me to this, I get to see the face of Christ in those that I'm helping. Again, our studio line, 888 914 9149. And Father, we've got Sister Elizabeth who's calling in from Los Angeles. Hi, Sister. Welcome to the program today.
3: Hi. Thank you so much. Um, I wanted to share that our ministry is taking care of the sick and dying in their own homes. Uh, when we go to our patients, we are taking care of Jesus in that person. Of course, we pray for their spiritual and physical needs and their healing, but many times, just like Mary couldn't change the fact that her son was being killed, we can't change the fact that our patient is dying. But like Mary stayed at the foot of the cross, not leaving her son alone, we stay by the bedside of the sick. And also, I wanted to share about that, speaking about our ministry, is that before I entered the convent, I used to say, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And I don't know if it was my ignorance or arrogance, but once I started giving myself to my ministry, I received so much more than I could ever give to my patients and their families. And I just wanted to share that today with you.
2: Thank you for that beautiful work, sister. That is a crucial work in in the life of the church and the life of humanity.
0: You know, Father, thinking about what Sister Elizabeth is talking about to here, I think that visiting the sick, you know, that that's one of those where there, there's so many different avenues to help in some of those first corporal works of mercy that we list. You know, the feeding the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, shelter the homeless, some of those. When it comes to something like uh, visiting those in prison, when it comes to something like burying the dead, uh, you know, some of those we might not know where to start. And I'm thinking right now, especially with COVID, you know, it's limited so much of what we can do with visiting the sick. I, I know I can't have anybody accompany me when I go to the doctor where I live. If one of my kids has a doctor appointment, only one parent can go along. You can't have both in there. So there's this extremely limited ability to visit anyone in the hospital as well. And yet this corporal work of mercy to visit the sick, it's probably, you know, you mentioned burying the dead, but visiting the sick might be more necessary at this point than we've ever experienced in our lifetime. So how can we carry this out when we do find such limitations?
2: Yeah, it, it, certainly with COVID protocols and these types of things, it, it's difficult. And, and we've pivoted here, um, you know, obviously at the height of the pandemic, people don't wanna to go to vehicles, they don't want people to come into their homes. Well, you can visit over the phone. Um, it was amazing to see some of our seniors, you know, their grandkids got them set up with tablets, and, and so we could do, you know, the Eucharist minister might not be able to go in person and visit like they did before, and we have a wonderful program at our parish, which is across the Philadelphia area, called Caring for Friends, where you bring home-cooked meals to people as well, and part of that is a 45-minute to a minute to an hour visit, and, and of course that now became just drop off the meals at the door, find other ways. Find phone calls, send notes, right? We we have to be creative. If it, just because we can't do it in the ideal way doesn't mean we can quit. And so I, I think that's what we urge people to find new ways, different ways. And and I think there are, certainly there's enough people that are willing to welcome people in. There are nursing homes at least here in Philadelphia that are open. You have to might schedule visitors, but but there are ways to do it. And 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 that patience uh, will certainly help us to grow uh, as we do this as well. You know.
0: Right. Uh, Father, let's go back to the phones again, our studio line, 888-914-9149, as we're talking with Father Chris Walsh about the corporal works of mercy, and how do you live that out in your life? How do you practice those corporal works of mercy, and how has it helped you to grow in your faith, to grow closer to Christ? Mary is calling in from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Hi, Mary. Thanks for calling into the Inner Life today.
3: Hi, how are you?
0: Good. Go right ahead. You're on with Father Chris Walsh.
4: Okay, I just tell a story from when my—I'm not raising children at home anymore, when I did, our parish had a Faith Alive at Home program. Instead of sending your kids to CCD, you went with them, and you did things together with them. And um, I decided I was going to be one of those people that would not say no. I would always say yes. And so when we were at class, I would see— um, and sister walking around, talking to the different families, and finally she'd get to me and she'd say, Mary, I need somebody to do this. Would you do it? And I said, oh, sure, sister. Right. But then I walked away thinking, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do this? <laughs> I have so much to do. But, you know, everything that we did, we would say, oh, don't worry, Mom. We'll get this done. We'll get that done. We'll take care of everything. We'll do it. And it was like somebody was waving a magic wand, and my kids were becoming saints. I couldn't believe how much they offered to pitch in and help. Because we're doing what God wants you to do, He makes a way for you to do it. They would, um, we would go out into the community, and we'd bring communion to the shut-ins. We'd. Make food and bring it to the homeless shelter, and we did a lot of things together as a family, and my family so truly enjoyed it and wanted to help out so much they helped out at home more they just i I kind of felt like somebody waved a magic wand, and my kids were becoming saints <laughs> because we were doing what God was asking us to do.
0: Mary, thanks so much for calling in and sharing that. And Father, as you know, Mary is sharing there, it, it makes me think, you know, if a lot of times if we just say yes, that God, He'll give us His Holy Spirit and make up what might be lacking, <laughs> or at least what we feel is lacking in our lives, you know, whether that is the ability, the talent to do something, or if it's just getting everything that you need to get done done in your life, God's going to, when we say yes, and we're working to build up the kingdom to reach people in his name, he's going to help provide in ways that we maybe have never experienced before. And we hear that in Mary, the way her children, uh, it just kind of transformed them.
2: That's right. And so, I mean, I think also the heroic witness, and I'm so grateful to Mary and so many other parents who get their kids involved. And that's, I, I certainly see that here in my parish, and I hear it from friends Um, wonderful things happen among so many young Catholic parents I forget the name of the program but sort of gives parents ideas on how to teach the faith in practical ways and 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 back around the feast of Mother Teresa one of the things was have your kids go to the store buy canned goods and then physically take them to a a food cupboard and so friends of mine their daughter with her four young children they came and, and and she wanted them to actually put the stuff on the shelf so no one was here. There wasn't any clients here at, at the time, or, or guests to our to our cupboard. But the kids were involved in asking questions about who comes and all that kind of stuff. That's the kind of formational memories, and and it expanded the mom's heart to get more involved in something up in her area. She didn't even think that there was something in her area, and I was able to refer to that. And and again, I think it's so it's it's two things: one that the the kids get animated, which is what we need parents to do. It's what you promise at your baptism, but also right, Mary's thinking, "How can I do this? Oh, it's possible now because God's going to raise up my kids." to take care of stuff at home and and do different things. And so together, you know, beautiful, beautiful things happen.
0: Well, you know, the other thing that it might be good to talk about here for a moment, Father, I think for many of us, we can find it a bit uncomfortable to step out and actively start working with those in need. Um, For whatever reason, it might be limited time and limited resources, but it could just be it's difficult to work with people who you know you don't know, and you might be meeting them for the first time, and especially if you're not an extrovert. You know, if you're an introverted kind of person, uh, it can put you in a place where you just find yourself uncomfortable. So, do you have any advice on how we can just practically set aside our discomfort and be able to walk forward? and take those opportunities to help those needs and to be able to see the face of Jesus and those that we are trying to help.
2: Absolutely. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. God doesn't, First off, God doesn't mind us being uncomfortable. right? I think anyone who has gotten involved in any type of charitable works, it's uncomfortable. Why? Because it's, it's something new and you're learning something. So take, for instance, at a soup kitchen. Maybe you're not the one who's going to stand at the door greeting everybody. And that's not your thing. or maybe you're not even comfortable going around to the tables, or even doing the, the, the kitchen uh, serving the food, but you could wash dishes, or there's a storage room that needs to be swept. Um, you know, maybe even, even at the parish. maybe you're not the one that's going to go out and visit the sick. Maybe for some reason you can't do that, but you could do a phone call ministry, you know, or you could call people ahead of time and schedule the Eucharistic ministers to come. Um, you, you, you know, there, there's something that you can do. There's something you could do. Maybe you can't give out the sandwiches to the homeless, but you could make the sandwiches, right? Or you could go to the store and and, and buy the stuff and make notes and, and, and be a part of the team that's doing that. And eventually, maybe you're going to become comfortable enough to do it. Or maybe there's just one person in the parish that needs to be visited, right? The pastoral staff or folks like Sister Elizabeth who work in parishes or anyone at your local nursing home. Is there one person I could sit with and have a cup of tea once a week? Start somewhere. Start somewhere
0: our spiritual director father chris walsh in our studio line 888-914-9149 today talking about the corporal works of mercy how have you lived those out in your life how have you practiced those works of mercy uh, feeding those who are hungry uh, giving to the uh, giving alms to the poor um uh, visiting the sick, visiting those in prison, burying the dead, uh, those different works. How have you lived those out, and how has that helped you to grow in your faith? 888-914-9149. Uh, also want to mention that we've got Advent coming up very shortly here, about a week and a half away from the beginning of Advent. And Relevant Radio, we have a very simple way for you to really stay engaged this Advent and it's to sign up to receive Father Rocky's Advent inspirations. Father Rocky, he's our executive director here at Relevant Radio, and he's recorded short daily audio reflections that really will help you focus on the Advent season. So often through Advent the focus is always on Christmas. But you know, it's not the Christmas season yet. It's a time of preparation, and I love the fact that these reflections, these Advent inspirations can help help you keep that focus on Advent throughout the Advent season. And they're absolutely free. You can sign up at RelevantRadio.com. On our website, you'll see a banner there, or you'll see that banner there on the Relevant Radio app. So sign up either way, RelevantRadio.com, or on the Relevant Radio app, and you'll receive these Advent inspirations every morning throughout Advent. And uh, again, we'll be back here with more with Father Chris Walsh as we talk about the corporal works of mercy. You're listening to Relevant Radio and on the Relevant Radio app. Today we'd like to thank James, who's listening in Minnesota for donating his Lexus and you can join thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles by visiting relevantradio.com/car Spiritual Director, Father Chris Walsh, a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, today talking about the corporal works of mercy and how do you practice those corporal works of mercy, uh, especially if it was something that was difficult to start. What helped you to be able to move forward and start doing that? And has it become easier? Has it been something that has really transformed your life? 888-914-9149 is the number to join the program. 888-914-9149. And Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Colleen, who's listening to us in La-, La Crosse, Wisconsin. Hi, Colleen. Thanks for calling into the Inner Life.
5: Well, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I uh, was listening to the Corporal Works of Mercy and all the things we were talking about, and I thought, gosh, even though—well, let me just start with my story. Three years ago, I, became a, I came back to the faith— and I've been living it as best I can, and then and, uh, and completely in the divine will, and um, it was very hard, but I did it anyway, and then in July, June of 2020, I had a severe stroke, which paralyzed me on the right side. Well, fast forward to now. I now live in La Crosse. I moved from the West Coast to here, lived near my sister. I live alone, and I have a lot of of uh, problems and with my right side and spasms and things, and it, it goes on 24-7. But what we decided to do, because she does, she had been doing Meals on Wheels, but it's very hard for her because her, sister, her daughter adopted three children, and she's like you were talking, you know, our lives get ahead of us. And, but we decided to team up because I can't drive and, and handle the meals in the hot thing and everything. So, anyway, we teamed up and we started. I run the meals, walk the meals into um, the homes of these people. And sometimes we have to go up these high rises and stuff. And um, it was really hard for me. At first, I felt really uncomfortable. And then I started to see the faces of these people that are sitting, they're shut ins. And here I am, suffering, and they're suffering, and the humility. And see, it's even making me get upset because I just saw God in their faces. And all I wanted to do was make sure they had a moment, you know, when we brought them some food and were able to, I was able to look in their face and ask them how they're doing. And if they wanted to talk, I would talk to them. And uh, anyway, it has changed me and how I suffer and how, you know, God has just brought me so much closer to these sweet souls that are um, trapped in their homes, and some of them are old and some of them are young. Some of it's mental, some of it's physical, but it doesn't matter. It's been an amazing experience, and we continue to do it every time we get the chance. So I just wanted to share that story.
2: Wow, thank you so much. Yeah, I think, you know, to see the face of God in the other and, and the creativity that you and your sister came up with right? Neither dealing with ideal situations. And it would be easy for you to say, you know, I can't do it because of my own infirmities. There you are giving to others and and the way that God is blessing you in that. Uh,
0: Thanks so much for calling in, Colleen. And uh, yeah, just a a beautiful story. Uh, Thank you so much for sharing. You know, uh, one of the things that comes to mind here too, as Colleen's talking about Father, she's focusing on just The visiting the sick, the shut-ins with Meals on Wheels, you know, we all have limited resources. We all have limited time. So if we have a passion for simply focusing on one or two of those corporal works of mercy, uh, is, is that fine? I mean, is this something where we need to be striving to try and accomplish all of them? in our lives, or is it okay to just say, you know, this is really where I feel I can do the most good in helping in these one or two areas, and just know that God will have other people that he will use, you know, uh, if if there are, you know, if I'm not working with people who are in a homeless shelter, but I am doing a Meals on Wheels delivery. Um, the, there's only so much time I can devote. And, and the time that I want to devote, I want to do good work. I don't want to just kind of do it halfway because I'm split between so many different areas that I'm trying to help. Uh, is there that need to try and accomplish all the corporal works of mercy in our life?
2: No. <laughs> um, but but I don't think we can be ignorant of them. So I don't think we can be you know, overly involved, overly committed, in uh every area it's not practical however i think you know advent's approaching advent's approaching and so maybe as you're looking for something to do and certainly please get father rocky's uh daily meditation or 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 someone else's daily meditation to grow in prayer but maybe advent is the time to say you know what it is penitential that's why the priests were in purple right um and so it is penitential, so I need to deny myself. So again, maybe I'm going to be off of uh, you know, media, social media or streaming media for these four weeks. And you know what? I've never done anything with prison ministry. So maybe I can, you know, find a, a Catholic group that does outreach to the prisons and, and write letters. Or, you know, maybe I can, you know, find some way to volunteer in some capacity. Now, Of course, getting involved in volunteering is not as always easy. as just I want to call up and do something, right? Background checks, trainings, all this kind of stuff. I realize it. Right. Right. Um, but if someone's in the Philadelphia area and they like to come rake leaves in the next uh, week or so, they're welcome to to do that. I don't need any background checks. I can accommodate you in your act of service. Um, but I, I think we have to find something, right? And and I think challenging ourselves as we go through the seasons of life in areas where we maybe do feel uncomfortable. Let's start somewhere. Start somewhere. Don't get caught up. Oh, I can't do any. I can't do them all, so I'm not going to do them. Right? Don't let the perfect get in the way of the good. Figure out something, but I think we should have exposure to others. And if there's an area where we're saying, "Oh, I never want to do that. I don't want to work with the homeless." Okay, we'll pay attention to that. Why? What is it about right. their vulnerability yeah. that that keeps you from wanting to do that? Because I think that's an area where God is asking you to grow.
0: You know, the other thing that comes to mind too is there might be certain. Um, there might be certain areas in these corporal works of mercy where we don't even know how to approach it, how to start. And one of those is I think burying the dead, you know, in our society, this really seems to fall to the immediate family. They make the funeral and the burial arrangements. And so it might be really difficult to know, you know, even how to help, where to start in this regard. So in what ways can we actually practice the corporal works of mercy, of burying the dead? How do, how, how would we approach that where it seems to be such a family-centered uh, kind of organization and event?
2: Yeah. Could, could you just ask that again? I, I'm, I'm not sure what you're... Well, so with
0: Feeding the Homeless... Right. Uh, with homeless shelters uh, uh, with with you know soup kitchens or um, you know food pantries, there's all of these different things where they it's easy to get involved in some sort of uh, corporal work of mercy that it, there, there's a system right. that exists I can plug for into it. it
2: right, right.
0: exactly. Burying the dead, I think that's one that sure. in my mind, it's a hard one to say how do I start? Where do I go okay. that I would be able to do this corporal work of mercy? Okay. It seems to be I, the family is burying the dead rather than it's a Christian corporal work of mercy. Gotcha. So how do I approach that?
2: Sorry, I, I missed the bury the dead part. It kinda of went out there for a second, so I wasn't sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm very sorry. So what I would say is a couple things. One, um, let your pastor know, or the deacon of your parish, or the person who's in charge of funeral ministry, know that you would like to get involved in this. Increasingly, as I talk to my brother priests, you know, families are coming. They have nothing to do with the faith. They don't have readers. They don't have people to do intercessions. They don't even have people to place the pall. Increasingly, with Catholic schools closing, pastors need people to be altar servers, you know, for the funeral. As priests become extended, Perhaps they need people to go to the cemetery to do the burial service. That doesn't need to be done by a priest. It's, it's set up that a layperson could lead those prayers. Um, volunteering with a hospice uh, agency, who, who are going to the, the sick, who are dying. These are people that are in active dying stage, which I, the term is so unique. And perhaps you could be going there, as, a, as trained as a lay, a lay chaplain, particularly perhaps to Catholics, but others as well. Are you right with God? Um, you know, maybe <laughs> Letting the funeral director know, uh, you know, if, if you have a relationship with the funeral director who's involved with the parish, listen, when there's a, a funeral, there's not going to be many people at. Let me know. Let me come and gather. And we do that often. We bury a lot of people who have, who have no one. They've died alone in nursing homes, and I put the word out. And it's so beautiful when parishioners just show up. They come, and they pray, and they go to the grave just in that spirit of, of, of human solidarity. There's, there's, no, there's no good feeling about it, but it's the right thing to do. It's an act of charity. It's an act of mercy.
0: Well, and as you said, so many people who don't have a faith background that end up coming to the church to bury a loved one, by seeing, you know, that there is love and care and support there, that might open that door for them to say, you know, maybe I should give this, especially when we're focused and faced with mortality, you know, we all will die at some point. That might be the ability where by just helping, you know, in that corporal work of mercy, it opens that that way for the Holy Spirit to work in that person's life, and they might come to the church. They might come back if they've you know uh, strayed from the church. So uh, that that sounds like that might be just a wonderful way to you know be in the background if you're not somebody who, <laughs> who really wants to be up in front working. But uh, it really can not only help you know in in the the family moment there, but it might help somebody spiritually in the future. Uh, Father, great, let's go back mother, to
2: the
0: great phones. To your family. Yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. Uh, Father, we've got Bradley who's listening to us in Evansville, Indiana. Hi, Bradley. You're on the air with Father Chris Walsh.
6: Well, hello. Um, thank you for taking my call. Um, I was really intrigued with the topic. It's something that's uh, weighed on my heart for many years, and, uh, and I took it to my own sons and, and my two daughters as something that we teach, that uh, we yes, we love Christ and there's nothing we can do to get into heaven, but we merit it. And he tells us that if you do love me, then these are the things that you do. So uh, I took to, instead of a New Year's resolution, I would just write down the corporal works of mercy. at the beginning of the year and, and throughout the year, I would try to, to hit every one of those um, just as an act of love to my Lord. Um, but the di- more difficult ones are um, visit the imprisoned or the bury the dead. And I found that, you know, just ministering to someone that's, that's grieving that doesn't know how to deal with death or, or doesn't understand what uh, purgatory is or the communion of saints. Uh, that That's part of that corporal act. Uh, um, my We lost our son uh, almost three years ago, and I'm so grateful that I was practicing that, that corporal work of mercy because uh, we were visiting churches in our diocese, you know, for three summers, and he and I found ourselves in a lot of cemeteries, and we discussed um, what we saw, what we witnessed, and what we wanted for ourselves, and, and where where we wanted to be. And so, you know, at 17 years old, he had already told me what he wanted and, and where to go. And we, we found a lot of comfort in, in those old-style old, old uh, style, um, headstones that that just screamed out to anyone visually that I'm a Christian and Jesus is my God, and they were able to continue to evangelize from that headstone, and that's something that he wanted, and we're finally able to put that in place for him. And uh, visiting imprisoned, I, I found, uh, I'm involved with the Knights of Columbus here and we have a jabal school up in Terre Haute. And uh, they're, they're not necessarily imprisoned, but they're, they're boys and girls that are, you know, they they don't have a home, they're, they're placed there. And um, they, they got struggles and we're allowed to go and visit and uh, uh, send them Valentine's, send them Christmas and do things in that way. But the imprisoned isn't always in a physical prison. I think there's imprisoned people everywhere. Bradley,
0: thanks so much for calling in. Yeah, and go ahead, Father. We're just down to our our last couple minutes.
2: Yeah, sorry for your loss. I I agree. Prison is a hard ministry to get into. There are ways of doing it. Contact your diocese um, or the prison directly, and and, and there is a lot of training involved. However, remember, every day in every community there are people that are now called returning citizens, folks coming back from prison who also need a lot of help, a lot of support. Lots of amazing ministries, particularly from our evangelical sisters and brothers uh, who who are serving them. So uh, find that way. And, And again, you allowed your grief to be turned into something else, which is a tremendous blessing. Last comment on funerals, though, Josh. You find out all the time that people die. You offer them condolences. You think, go to the funeral. It was a custom years ago. We went to funerals. Now we're all so busy. Sacrifice your time. Get to the funeral.
0: Well, and the other thing in listening to Bradley, too, is, uh, you know, I I guess I've never really thought about it, but as he talked about, it was so nice that they had been visiting all those parishes. It, It took me back to corporal works of mercy, Jesus's words in the Beatitude, blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. And I've never really thought about it that way in regards to corporal works of mercy. Usually it's just mercy and forgiveness that I think about. But, uh, uh, Father, beautiful conversation. I'm so glad you've been a part of the hour today. It's always wonderful to talk to you. And as we do conclude the hour, could I ask you to offer all of our listeners a blessing?
2: May Almighty God, who is the Father of mercy and who desired to send his Son, bless you and give you the grace to serve others, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks again so much, Father Chris Walsh. And thank you for listening. And of course, you can always find the podcast. It'll be posted here in a little bit on RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. And uh, I want to encourage you to stay tuned for Mass, of course. And then coming up after Mass, it's the class after Mass, The Faith Explained with Kale Clark. We'll see you back here tomorrow with Father Sam Martin as we talk about how we can talk to our families, how we can we can engage them in conversations of faith, especially around the holidays when we're all gathered together. (laughs) Might be a tricky subject, but we'll help you as you talk with your family during the holidays.
1: Have a great afternoon.